and I didn't, never had a house, never had a car. So I put all the money into education and came here to pursue a dream and the rest is history. Welcome to Latinx in Power, a podcast hosted by Thaisa Fernandes. Welcome to Latinx in Power. Today, we are going to talk with Carlos Gonzalez de Villambrosia. He is the founder and CEO of Product School, the global leader in product management with a community of over 1 million of product professionals. Carlos has a Bachelor of Science in Engineering and Industrial Management and also in Computer Science. It's such an honor to have you here today, Carlos. Hola, thank you for having me on the show. I invited Carlos to our podcast because he has an interesting journey building global companies and digital products, and this is a subject I would like to bring to our podcast. Technically, he's not a Latino, but a Hispanic, since Carlos is from Spain, and I think we share a lot of similarities. Today, we'll talk more about his journey, entrepreneurship, and of course, product management. And of course, I adopted this question, I always ask my guests. So what does it mean to be a Hispanic for you? I had to reflect on this question. This is the first time that I get asked, and I realized that it's a beautiful thing. And I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of my culture and I'm proud of, I think I can bring a different perspective now in a more global world, especially now living in a different part of the world because I was born in Spain. I lived in South America, in Santiago, in Chile. And now I've been living in San Francisco for the last 10 years. So I think it's something that helps me connect with people. I've had many experiences with someone who said, oh yeah, I went to Spain and I had a great time. Or I also speak Spanish or my parents were born in a certain part of the world. So in a way, I think that makes us connect and get close to each other. And I think ultimately that helps us build more diverse products and teams as we grow in your agro careers. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. I totally agree with you. I think it helps us to connect with people maybe in different levels. In your case, being like a Spanish speaker, in my case, I think it's a little bit different for Brazilians because we don't share the same language. But at the same time, I feel a lot of similarities and we connect so easily. So it's really cool. And how did you land in product management? I'd love to hear more about your story. Basically by randomly. I had no idea what product management was not so long ago. So I started my career as a software engineer. I started computer science and I soon realized that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life coding. And I felt stuck because everyone around me wanted to code. And even my professors didn't give me any other option. I was supposed to start my career as a software engineer, then maybe senior software engineer, then principal or whatever it is. But I wasn't supposed to be there basically. In my mind, it just didn't make sense, but I just didn't know my options. So my closest alternative was to go to business school. I thought, well, maybe there something there. And that's what brought me to Silicon Valley. I started a master's degree in the University of California, Berkeley, and I had two breakthroughs. First of all, I met a lot of other engineers who were thinking business, which was really refreshing to know that, okay, I'm not the only one here who wants to leverage a technical background in a different way. And number two, I met a lot of business folks coming from just different backgrounds, such as consulting, finance, marketing, and so on, who wanted to be closer to the action. They wanted to work in tech. They wanted to get their hands dirty. They might feel intimidated just because they know how to code, but there's definitely something in between. Business school felt too high level. Some of the things that we were learning there didn't really apply to our daily lives. There was no single class on product management, but forget about product, not a class on digital marketing, data analytics, UX design, so some of the skills that a lot of us use on a daily basis. So here we are, two different groups of people trying to tackle the same problem from different angles. And as I continued my career, I started building other companies. At the end, I decided to build a product school, which is literally a hybrid in between a business school and an engineering school. 
that gets the best out of both worlds and can help that next generation of product managers to get jobs much faster. Because at the end of the day, I've been building products with different titles. I had no idea what I was doing. And then, you know, after 10 years of experience doing a lot of different things, I'm like, I'm a product manager. And I think I learned a lot of things pretty much on the go because none of this was actually taught in traditional education. And how was your process? So were you in Spain or Chile at the time when you decided to move to Silicon Valley to study business at UC Berkeley? I was in Spain. I love tech. I was in love with Silicon Valley. I just wanted to play in the MBA of tech. So basically I saved up all my money and I didn't, never had a house, never had a car. So I put all the money into education and came here to pursue a dream and the rest is history. Amazing. And when was that? Oh my God, that was 10 years ago. 10 years 2000, ago. 2010. Oh, nice. Yeah, I moved to the US, I'm completing seven years now. And I remember when I moved, I already wanted to work in tech and I wanted to transition to product. And I remember that when I heard about product school, I was like super excited, like checking out the events. I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And I see like there are people teaching each other about it. And so it was really exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, now it makes sense, right? Like we get a lot of people who come to us and I want to be a product manager. Obviously the market is pushing in that direction. There are many more companies these days that recognize the need for product managers, not just in Silicon Valley, but all over the world. And there are more and more product leaders who are getting featured on our platform or other platforms. So it's amazing. Ultimately, there are even CEOs that come from a product background. That's the ultimate validation for our career. But when I started, people would ask me, what is this? Is this project management or product management? Do you need to code? Do you need an MBA? And hopefully we are demystifying a lot of those things. It's clear that education is really important to your life. And why did you decide to invest in education? This is something that I, I actually love and hate at the same time because I always struggled finding mentors. I was always feeling that I wasn't in the right place. As I told you my story in computer science, I didn't want to be like most of my teachers. That was a problem because I really wanted to learn, but I just wanted to learn from others. I just wanted to choose who I want to learn from, what I want to learn. And the traditional system wasn't set up for that. So I've been always looking for solutions to my own problem. This is my third company and all of them have been in the education space. So I've been always trying to find a way, first of all, that helps me. And hopefully this is a, a big bigger problem than just myself. And, and product school, I think it's a good reflection of that. I'm very passionate, not just about education, but about product management because nobody helped me break into product. I had no idea what even product management meant. So now hopefully by solving a problem that really resonates with me, I can connect with others who are going through a similar journey. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I just remember, I think it was last year that you shared a list of Latinx product managers, right? And we even have someone we interviewed in this podcast, like Gretchen Rodriguez. And I'm going to link to the description of this podcast because it's really inspiring to see all the Latinxers there. Totally. So last October, we did it as part of a Hispanic History Month. We wanted to use our platform to mm -hmm. feature incredible Latinx product leaders who are really changing the world. It's a VP of product at Google Assistant. There are other VPs of product at other incredible companies. Gretchen, as you mentioned, she actually, she and I met in 2014 at product school and now she's mm -hmm. growing her career. So I think it's very important for us to support each other and share our platforms so other Latinx out there can feel inspired and give back to the community eventually. Mm -hmm. Amazing. 
podcasting and talking about inspiration. Is there any quote you live by? I love to hear quotes. I think they can be really inspiring and really help you in different moments of your life. So I'm curious to know if there's any quote or you live by. I like many quotes, but I'll give you one that I actually shared yesterday on Twitter, which is, without data, you are just another person without opinion. It's oh, not my no. quote, by the way. What I would add to the quote is that without an opinion, you are just another person with data. I like to supplement that quote because in product, I always say it's a part of an art and part of science. And I think we come from thinking, oh my God, product management is just art. You need to be born with amazing ideas and you cannot learn this. That's not true. It's obviously a science piece of it and that, that science is mostly backed by data. So it's very important that in our role, people feel more comfortable using data and making data-driven decisions and knowing that those decisions will change over time and be more agile. I like to find the right balance between art and science because you mm -hmm. can also put all the eggs on the data sign, data basket, right? And expect that, okay, data won't tell you everything. It's also quality information. There's also something about your own intuition and experience that you can only develop with time. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an interesting quote because definitely it applies to product managers, but to other professions too, different roles, right? Because we need to be more comfortable sharing data to supporting any like discussion we are having. So I think this is a really good thing to keep in mind. Sometimes I talk with friends because they are trying to convince someone to do something and I'm always say, oh, which data do you have? What you are going to show to convince this person? Because you're right. Like if you're just like saying something, sometimes it's just like your personal opinion, right? You need to back that up with numbers and something you can quantify. Some companies would call this the HIPPO, H-I-P-P-O, which is the highest paid person's opinion. <laughs> Usually that used to be the winner yes. and not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Well, it might sound cliche, but I truly love what I'm building. For me, it's very important to have positive reinforcement because yes, we have a big vision, right? To really become the gold standard in product management training and help millions of people. And we're actually helping hundreds of thousands, which is already a lot, but that also sounds too high level. For me, when I received messages from someone yesterday would say, hey, I took your program four months ago and now I got a PM job at Twitter, for example. I just got a promotion. Sometimes it's not just they just took a course. Sometimes it's someone saying, I've been following your events for two years and this has been extremely helpful for me. It's just incredible. So I, I love sharing those micro stories with the team. Let's take a screenshot, put it on our Slack channel and really remind people and also remind myself why we're doing what we're doing. Because when you put a name and a face on a very particular case, it just sounds much more powerful than just saying, well, I want to change the world. During this pandemic situation, how does that situation like affected product school in general, like the events? I imagine like they're all online now and even the courses. Do you have like more people interested in transitioning to product or learning more? I always say there's never been a better time in history to build digital products. Because if you mm -hmm. think about it, and obviously macro situation is not looking great in general, but in our own world of product and digital, this has accelerated our roadmaps. Now with more companies working remotely, with more businesses moving on, Line. Now that means that there is a bigger need for product managers to lead that digital transformation. So we've seen many, many companies that even if they are downsizing, they are also hiring more product managers and they are increasing their investment in digital. So mm -hmm. in our case, that has also accelerated our business. As you mentioned, all of our trainings are delivered live online, mm -hmm. which is now allowing other people from all over the world to yeah. have access to incredible product leaders who are based in Silicon Valley and New York. So all of our instructors, they keep their full-time jobs as product leaders, companies such as 
Netflix, Google, Facebook, and so on. When we were doing these trainings in person, only people who lived in the same locations were able to benefit. Now, this is completely democratizing access to high quality education. In addition to that part, we also continue increasing our community. And uh, we just want to put out more and more high quality resources to help. So it's not just about just taking a course. It can be listening to a podcast. It can be attending a free event or a conference. We have a job board where there are hundreds of companies posting opportunities. So the way I, I think about us is, is community. And I really want to help people connect and grow in their careers. We are here for the long term. No matter how you want to learn, as long as you are getting 1% better every day, that compounds really fast. Yeah, I love this idea that a lot of people have access now just because we are all online and so much easier. So my friends in Brazil and Europe, they can like watch the same events. I even like participated last year in some events that I invited some friends in Europe, in Brazil. It was just so interesting to have like people from all over the world being part of like the same panel. So this is definitely super exciting. So do you plan to continue to be like online even after life comes back to the new normal? Yes. So we were online even before the pandemic outbreak. So in reality for us, we were online offering all of our services. And at the same time, we were a remote team already. And one of the Uh benefits actually of being an international is that for me, it's been very natural to hire people across the world. So I've been working with people in Europe and in Latin America since Mm -hmm. I remember my default option. I actually never understood why everyone was supposed to be in the same office all the time and check in and check out. So in that regard, nothing really changed. But I would say to your point on Brazil is that the demand, the number of people that we get from Brazil, it's through the roof. So it's really amazing to see that people are hungry to learn. Now they have access to these opportunities and they can really connect with product leaders, not just in their country, but also in other parts of the world, which ultimately I think makes all of us better. Now there is no excuse to say, well, Netflix is not in my town. Well, no, Netflix is in your laptop if you want it. Netflix, Uber, or any other company that you admire. And these product leaders are extremely generous with their time because they want to give back to the community. The main reason why they do it is because they resonate with the problem that we're trying to solve. Most of them didn't have a product school when they broke into product and they all have different journeys. So now they see an opportunity to help that next generation. And speaking about Latin America, I imagine we share a lot of similarities, but speaking especially about Brazil, I think the lack of access, it's something that unfortunately it's really common. And right now it's really amazing that people have access because in the past, I imagine that right now they have like some product folks, some product schools teaching product managers, but it wasn't like true some years ago. So it's really nice to connect with people all over the world. And what advice would you give to someone transitioning to product, especially thinking about someone that maybe didn't have a technical background or someone who came from a different country, Latinx, or like an immigrant in general in the United States, for example. I get that question a lot. And as many questions, it always depends, but I'm going to try to give you some tactical, you know, yes, points based on data. We've graduated over 20,000 students over the last seven years. And we also try to understand what are the patterns here? Why are some people more successful? Than other. What are some of these ingredients that help them get the first job faster than others, for example? It comes down to three in our case. One is technical acumen. What I mean by this is that you don't have to be a software engineer. You don't even need to have a CS degree. But if you want to work in tech and you are going to spend a lot of time working with software engineers, you need to feel comfortable enough having conversations with them. Obviously, if you come from an engineering background, that's fantastic. That gives you an edge. But if you don't, that's not an excuse not to try to become technical enough and really understand how they work, how they think, what are their motivations, and what are the tools 
tools that they use, like the more you learn about them, the better, because you as a generalist in the middle, as a product manager, you're not really going to be coding. So you really need to lead by example and influence and make sure that everyone understands why you are there. I remember when I was an engineer, I would hate to have my boss who wasn't an engineer come to the engineering room and give us the list of tasks to code as if I wasn't supposed to think or have ideas, right? So I think it's very important for the product manager to really make engineers be part of the decision-making process, explaining what's happening, why what they do makes a big impact and kind of what's going on outside the engineering room. There are many ways you can do so, but definitely trying to be in their shoes would help. Obviously, there are companies that are much more technical than so this requirement might be even stronger. If you are working in a super high-tech company that is doing voice AI devices, well, maybe the definition of being technical enough is much stronger than technical enough in an e-commerce website, just to give you an example. So it's important to also check in with every company to know exactly what they mean. Number two is uh, business acumen. I would also call it industry domain because at the end of the day, you see a lot of entry-level product positions that require two to three years of experience, which is crazy. It's a chicken and egg problem. How am I going going to get that experience if you're already requiring experience for this job. The trick here is that even if you don't have the title, you might have some product management experience already. Maybe you work as a project manager or program manager, business analyst, scrum master, software engineer, whatever it is. As long as you're close enough to the product team, it would be important to see exactly what you've done that could qualify that experience. Certifications obviously can help as well. But what I mean by having this domain is not just to have an MBA or a degree in business administration. It is that you really need to care about the product and the user. You need to know what's going on in the market, what's going on with the product, with your competitors, who the users are. Hopefully you have some knowledge around economics and how you make money, how you build. But there are a lot of things that you can learn on the go. My point is you don't need to go back to business school and spend two years full time just to then come back with a degree and realize that that actually doesn't guarantee you any job. So trick here for folks who are thinking about product. If you don't have a job in product yet, maybe you can look into companies that are part of your industry, not just competitors, but maybe similar industries, because you can leverage a lot of the experience that you have and prove to a recruiter that you have a case here. If you try to switch titles and industries at the same time, it's going to be almost impossible, especially if that's your first PM job. I think that becomes less relevant when you are in the middle of your career, because there are some fundamentals in product that can translate across different industries. But at the very beginning, it's better, in my opinion, to take more baby steps to make sure that people understand where you are coming from. Otherwise, it's just too crazy these days. And number three is what I call communication skills. As a generalist, you are going to spend less time or no time coding, selling, designing, or marketing. However, you are going to be working with engineers, designers, salespeople, and marketers. That means that you don't need to be the best at everything. You need to know enough about everything in order to be dangerous and align people. How do you align people? By communicating, by having some time free on your calendar to think, to review documents, to schedule impromptu meetings between people who need to air up whatever situation. So it's very important. And this is something I definitely struggle with coming from an specialist role as an engineer to a generalist role in product. I used to default to doing the things that I'm good at and thinking that was what people expected. But in reality, it took me time to understand that here as a manager, I'm more of a coach. And even though sometimes I know how to do something, I just need to stop, try to train others. And even if I don't know what to do, I need to train myself to ask the right questions and help people get to the answers instead of being in a problem solution mode that is just going to burn everybody out. 
I love your tips. I really like them. And I really like also that you mentioned communication skills. I don't see a lot of people talking about it and the importance of that because in the end of the day, you spend most of your days like communicating with people, talking with people, like having meetings, writing documentation. And this is definitely super important. And I imagine like for immigrants in general, if you work in your second language, this can definitely be a challenge and something that you really need to dedicate your time to feel comfortable with the language you are working, right? Totally. It's still a work in progress. And I think that it made me want to learn it even more because I struggled just getting my point across. In addition to learning how to communicate, I also had this barrier language. And sometimes mm -hmm. things can be misunderstood. Not being able to see each other's faces in a remote environment can be hard sometimes. So obviously, when I say communication skills, I mean not just master public speaker or a book author. It's really knowing how to craft emails, knowing how to take a conversation to offline and over Zoom at least. There are certain things that you can only learn with experience, but it all starts with having that curiosity to learn. I don't expect when I hire PMs or when I train PMs, I don't expect everyone to come with a playbook. Here's how you are a master communicator. No, here's how you are a master listener and how you are not going to give up. And even though, yes, we may have an accent and yes, we may not know all the words, but there are other ways you can communicate. And I think that can also be very powerful. And what a Hispanic and Latinx entrepreneur should always keep in mind when developing new products overseas. I think we have an unfair advantage here, which is we really understand multiple markets. I'm talking about maybe people who are now in the US or in a different part of the world and they are trying to expand. You speak different languages and you understand different cultures because you've lived in different parts of the world. Embrace that. That's beautiful. That's amazing. You can bring a perspective that maybe others can't, even if they Google it. So I think it's important to embrace those differences. And I, I'm seeing this trend now in product teams. They're becoming more and more diverse. Diverse, not just in terms of professional background, although traditionally it was mostly engineers. Now I've seen a lot of diverse teams in terms of gender diversity, geographical diversity. And ultimately that helps us build products for everyone and build better products for people. So I'm a huge advocate of diversity and especially for people who come from a Latinx background because I know how much value you can add. Yeah, for sure. And I think we also understand really well different struggles, right? Maybe sometimes speaking about my case, living in US for seven years sometimes and even like forget about some things. For example, in Brazil, not a lot of people have access to internet and sometimes the internet is really slow. And here I'm like so used to have internet all the time, good cell phone. So it's always like a good reality check in my case too. Although I also understand like the struggle goes I know a lot so it's interesting totally and I like that point a lot because we don't take a lot of things for granted right we mm -hmm. know that we weren't born with Amazon boxes next to our door and uh, we know that all the payments are actually done via credit card because not everyone has a credit card and just giving some basic examples but when we think about expansion to different markets it's definitely not just about translating a website into a different language it's really understanding all the different cultural differences totally sometimes it's just like changing a mindset like slowly, for example, I'm still trying to convince my mom in Brazil to buy groceries online and she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, it's not safe. You need to think that there's like a lot of options. When I lived in Brazil, I used to do my groceries like online, but for her, it's not easy. It's difficult. She wants to see what she wants to buy. Although she's seeing like over the internet, it's not the same for her. So it's definitely a struggle and I totally understand that, but I still try 
to convince her, maybe soon. <laughs> Which resource helped you in your journey? I love to hear any recommendation you have. It can be books, podcasts, movies, someone inspiring we should check. I like what you said about movies. I would love to create a movie on product management. <laughs> in the meantime, I would actually recommend to check out our community because uh, over 90% of our resources are free and available right now. We have a podcast called The Product Podcast. I have a book called The Product Book. It became a bestseller on Amazon. It got over 200,000 copies downloaded and we translated it into Portuguese, Spanish, and Arabic. We also have an audio version. So keep in mind always the diversity aspect. You know, like the good thing about lifelong learning is that it's on each of us to decide what works. I never understood why we are supposed to be full-time students until our mid-20s. And then we have to work full-time for the rest of our lives. Now we can learn on our own terms, which means that you don't have to put your life on hold. You can keep up with your family, with your job, with whatever makes you happy. And then maybe on weeknights or weekends, you can use podcasts, you can use book. We have a thousand events per year where we try to feature the best product leaders and cover very different topics within product. We have four conferences called ProductCon and they're also free and available. We have a job board. So check out the different collection of resources and don't be overwhelmed by all the different options. I don't think you also have to kill yourself now and go from zero to a hundred. But something that I personally like to do is to just block some time for self-development. Mm -hmm. For me, I don't put it on the calendar. It just doesn't happen. And it's mm -hmm. so easy to get distracted with life and then Netflix at night and whatever. And I think if you can integrate learning as part of work and life, that can ultimately help you continue growing because otherwise it's so easy to forget about ourselves. And, you know, like just be in the trenches with work, be in the trenches with life. And then what about me time? Yeah, I love that. I love this idea of really booking some time. And I see that you also shared a lot in your social media channels. I see like especially on twitter and linkedin you're always sharing tips quotes books so i think that that is really inspiring too and yeah that was awesome i'm going to leave you the last minutes if you want to share something else with us and i want to also thank you for your time that was really inspiring thank you for having me i think what you are doing is beautiful i think we need more of this so let's keep it up That's it for today, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it as I did. We'll have another episode coming next month. We'll be talking with a digital creative student and also mentor from Paraguay. I'm super excited about this episode too. As always, feel free to share with us your comments and feedback always with kindness. We are really active on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is Latinx empower if you want to be extra and share with us your comment via apple podcast i would love to hear your thoughts thank you and see you soon